And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Beware of false religion. Amen. Beware of false religion. This is our final discourse on Revelation chapter 17 tonight. That's our, our last installment. So what I want to do is uh, give a brief summary and leave some thoughts, leave you with, you know, with some thoughts about false religion, especially as, as to the way the Antichrist is going to use false religion during the tribulation. And not only that, how false religion, religion today can affect us being effective, amen, in the body of Christ. So, uh, chapter 17, as we all know, deals with the unveiling of the Antichrist and the false religion he rode to achieve his desired end. Don't you forget, we keep rehearsing and keep saying in, in chapter 17 that the Antichrist is going to partner with false religion because people love their religion. He needs to partner with false religion to achieve his desired end. And that is ultimate power. Amen? So, false religion, apostate Christianity, in verse 3 of chapter 17, is typified as a woman sitting, you remember that, on a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. We said the seven heads were the last seven world superpowers. Amen. And the ten horns, the ten nation confederacy that's going to emerge, the revived Roman Empire. Amen. I don't have to get into detail, but if you do not understand, please check the previous sermons. Amen. So we said... Apostate Christianity is responsible, you will see as you go through the book of Revelation, is responsible for the massacre of Christians than any other movement throughout the ages. It has always been responsible for the massacre, or massacring one of them, of Christians throughout the ages. I don't, you know, I didn't get into detail, but the Inquisition, if you go back and you look at the Inquisition, and many other movements, Christians were just massacred. And we see in Revelation chapter 6, they are beneath the altar and they're asking God, when are you going to take vengeance on the people who murdered us? Amen? Now, John notes in verse 6 of Revelation 17, John notes, he said, And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. This verse clearly identifies this religious establishment, false apostate Christianity, uh, uh, identifies this establishment as the persecutor mm, of genuine believers of Jesus Christ. Right here. She's what? She's seen. Drunk, drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Amen. So the religious system, religion is dangerous. Amen. Religion is man's way of getting to God. Hmm? Man's way of getting to God. Christianity is God coming down to human beings. We say, forget about God. Nimrod, you know the Bible says Nimrod was a mighty hunter. And uh, uh, the exact verbiage, before the Lord. Before means in defiance of the Lord. So Nimrod was the one who pioneered Babylon. That's man's way of getting to God. And we see it today. Humans want to go to God their own way. I'll do my own thing. Forget the path God made to come to him. Forget John um, 17, uh, John 14, 6. Forget I am the way, the truth, and the life. Forget Jesus. I have my own way. Amen. I'm going to come up with my own concoction of how to get to God. 
religion, very dangerous. And that is why since tonight, I want to bring to your attention, be very aware of religion. Tonight, I have some sobering thoughts I want to ask you. I want you to step back and ask yourself some serious questions. Because if our religion doesn't empower us to transform our lives so that we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit, then we need to check our religion. You get what I'm saying? Nowadays, we need to ensure that we live in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see what's happening hmm? right now. You, 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 you can feel the weight, the burden, the pressure. Amen. That's been placed on human beings from the devil. It's a conspiracy. Yes, I know a lot is happening out there. I know uh, humanity. Humanity is under attack. But the devil is using that. Mm, that he's using that to burden Christians, to affect our, to to intercept our progress, to allow us not to be as effective as we should be, and we got to oh, we we got to wake up and smell the coffee. We got to see what's happening. Yes, I know a lot, a lot is happening out there. But when the things the Bible tells us to do becomes a burden, then we need to be very careful. And we cannot be quiet about it. We get, you need to look yourself in the mirror like I, do, like I did today. I'm talking too fast. You need to look yourself in the mirror. I didn't feel like coming to church. Can you imagine? And I told myself, you, you're not in charge here. I told my body, I know who's in charge. It's not you. I got to do what I got to do for the Lord. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. And so, finally, in verses 16 and 17, John explained the demise of false religion. Lord, I thank you. Verse 16 reads, And the ten horns, the ten nation confederacy, which the ten kings that's going to arise with the Antichrist, um, during the Great Tribulation, the Bible says, Which you saw upon the beast, these shall hit the whore. Uh, excuse me for the terminology if you feel offended, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. The Bible calls false religion a harlot. That's a, that's a better word. That's more palatable. Of a harlot and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The Antichrist and the ten kings, the ten rulers of the ten confederacy, the ten nation confederacy are going to come against false religion. They're going to say we no longer need you. We've used you. And now we are in charge, we are in control, so we're going to turn on you because what the Antichrist wants is worship. And so the Antichrist is going to say, I want everybody to worship me now. I am your God. So they're going to turn on, on, um, on false religion. Amen? Uh, verse 17 says, This is why, for God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will. My God, I thank you. And to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the works, the words of God shall be fulfilled. God's word will be fulfilled. Notice who is, and I want you to, I, I, don't, I don't want you to miss that. I want you to note here that it was God who put it in the hearts of the ten kings to destroy false religion. It was God. And since this is the point, God is able to work in the hearts of non-Christians just as he works in the hearts of Christians. Because he's king of kings and lord of lords. You remember Proverbs chapter 21, 23 verse 1, 21 I think verse 1. It says, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. Proverbs 21, 1. Like the rivers of water, the king's heart, uh, the supervisors, those, in, those who are in government, managers, business owners. Uh, the Bible says their hearts are in the what? hands of the Lord, like the rivers of water. Meaning, it means that God can influence them at any time, anyhow, if we behave the right way. If you don't fight them and allow God to fight for you. <laughs> I with me allow God to fight for you. The Bible says God can touch the hearts of any Lord. I give you praise. Any human being, any leader, we see God doing the very same thing. It was prophesied, Lord, I thank you, by prophet Micah, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. At that time, Jesus was living, Mary and Joseph was living in Nazareth, in the province of Judea. But an old prophet, I feel a preach tonight. 
My God, an old prophet 500 years ago, prophet Micah, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. He was in Nazareth, but the word of God came forth. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, a decree went out by King Augustus that the entire nation would be taxed. Glory be to God. Oh God, I give you praise. And we see God using a word that was spoken to touch the heart of a world leader. God, I give you praise to bring to pass a spoken word. Isn't God a wonderful God? Can everybody say he's king of kings and lord of lords? Mighty warrior, line of the tribe of Judah. Uh, we can simply say he's my friend. <laughs> hey, glory. He's what? He's my friend. I'm glad about it. When the maker of the universe is your friend, you're all right. Yes, sir. Yeah, and you can call him Abba. Oh, Lord, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Amen. So, uh, so God's purposes will be accomplished even if he has to use unbelievers to accomplish it. Don't be afraid and say, well, I know that person is uncircumcised. They might not do this for me. They might not do this. No. Nobody's beyond the touch of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So since as far as false religion is concerned, this is one of the thoughts I want to share and submit to you tonight. We have seen how the devil will use false religion during the tribulation to keep people from true religion. He'll do that. And I'm pausing to say that the devil is doing the same today. He's doing the same today. Therefore, we must examine ourselves to ensure that we have not fallen prey to false religion. You know, Paul told the sins in Corinth. The sins in Corinth challenged Paul's um, apostleship because of false prophets, because of false religion. And listen to what Paul told the sins in Corinth. I think it's in 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, 13 5 i think if you can i think that it says examine yourselves sometimes you got to do that amen i submit to you that you do that especially in these last days sometimes you need to step back thank you so much here it is examine yourselves whether you be in the faith oh, oh. prove your own selves knowing not your own selves how that jesus christ is in you except you be reprobates sometimes you need to step back and examine yourself mm? the word examine here means scrutinize sometimes you need to scrutinize yourself am i really in the faith or not the word test here means to uh, sorry the word proof here means to test yourself amen so we need to do some self-evaluation Oh, <laughs> amen. We need to, nobody's beyond self-evaluation. Sometimes, uh, static, <laughs> if I can use that word. Sometimes a little tribulation and some challenge. Sometimes the devil gets on your path. Glory be, and harass you. Praise the Lord. And you may just get, you need to be snow and then lubricated. Can I use that word? You need an, an engine check. Praise the Lord. You need an examination sometimes. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so you need to ask yourself. I usually, I do that a lot. I ask myself, am I a, really, a religious person or am I truly saved? I ask myself that a lot. Am I a religious person or am I truly saved? You know, the verbs examine and prove right here are in the present tense and could be translated this way. Scrutinize and keep on scrutinizing. Test and keep on testing. Amen? Because a believer never gets beyond the need for regular self-evaluation. Nobody mm, reaches that point. There is always need for self-evaluation. Amen? So that's why it's important to ask ourselves this sobering thought. Am I really a Christian? You know, am I really a Christian, man? Am I really saved? Those of you who are looking, I'm not sure if you've really asked yourself that question. Am I really a Christian? You know, am I really saved? 
<laughs> Are we holding on to our faith and showing the proper fruits of it? Have you ever thought, am I bringing forth good fruits? In other words, is there evidence of ongoing sanctification in my life? Is there evidence of ongoing sanctification? Sanctification is to be set apart unto God. Is there evidence that I am continually setting myself apart unto God? When I come somewhere, is it evident that I carry God? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. Because the only God people will see is the God through you. So when you go somewhere, amen, everywhere you go is your pulpit. Well, praise the Lord. I think somebody said, I think Jim, you told me somebody gave a quote and they said, I preach the gospel as much as I can. I preach the gospel everywhere I go. When necessary, I use words. <laughs> oh, I like that. I preach the gospel everywhere I go. When necessary, I use words. But I'm preaching all the time. Isn't that something? And I'm asking you, is it evident? Is there evidence hmm, of ongoing sanctification in our lives? Since we need to ask ourselves these questions. Jesus is on the way. And the Bible talks about the great falling away. You can feel the pull away from fellowshipping. Amen. And people have every excuse. Well, let me move on. Before. You know, nowadays, uh, Dickness, when you, when you teach the word, people take offense. People get offended so quickly. Anyhow. Sensitivity, yeah. They're so sensitive. You're talking the truth. You're not criticizing. Amen. <laughs> we are talking the truth. Praise the Lord. It's just... Jesus told, Jesus told the apostles, don't be offended at me. He said, don't be offended at me. Amen. Some things... You, in other words, your expectations might not be met. It doesn't mean I don't care about you. <laughs> but your expectations might not be met. Don't you be offended at me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So this is what Paul said. This is what else Paul said. Notice, I just want to finish that verse and we'll move on. Paul said, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. And this is what he used. Know ye not. You know that verse is always used in a, derog in, a in a derogatory way. In other words, you should know. As a Christian, you should know that. I think the same phrase, know ye not, is used in... Oh, I think I know where it is. <laughs> Go to James 4, 4. I think that's one of the places it's used. The phrase, no, you're not. Just so we can understand what Paul is saying here. Always used, amen, in a derogatory manner to indicate that you should know better. You adulterers and adulteresses, here it comes, knowing not that the friendship of the world is, you should know that. Knowing not, always used. And I can go through the Bible and show you every time that phrase is used, it is saying you should know better. You've been a Christian long enough. Amen. And Paul said, examine yourselves and show that you're in the faith. Amen. And the reason why, can you go back to our text quickly? The prior text, Second uh, Corinthians 13, I think 5. So he said, he said, know ye not. You got it? Second Corinthians 13. Know ye not your own selves? Don't you know? Can you, can't you look at yourselves in the mirror and see whether or not? You're bringing forth fruit, or whether or not, whether or not, how Christ is in you. You can tell whether or not Christ is in you. You should know, because if Christ is in you, you carry the Godhead bodily in you. Your life should be different. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Amen. So, here. It was used to stress that the believers were missing the obvious. Amen. You all are missing the obvious. The obvious thing is that, hey, if Christ is in you, you're okay. You're all right. Amen. <laughs> oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. All right. Now, now, now. Why was this going on in the church in Corinth? And I want to go back to what I said before. The reason why Paul had to. Make this statement and tell them, examine yourselves and ensure that knowing that Christ is in you. And we said it before. The reason why he had to say that is because of false prophets. 
False prophets bring false religion. Amen. And Paul had to, you know, had to tell them that. You know, and it got so bad that they had to question his apostleship. Can you imagine Paul who started the church? Amen. And so what I want to do with you quickly is to live this sobering thought with you. I want to live this thought with you. And that is watch your beliefs carefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, does the Bible support what I believe? I want you to the sense because we cannot risk being religious. Watch your beliefs carefully. And does the Bible support what you believe? Even as we speak now, false religion exists and are gaining territory on every front, even more than Christianity. False religion, they know they are false and they know they have very little time. And so they are trying to get recruit as much as they can. I told you I was at in Walmart parking lot and then somebody just gave me a truck and run. I looked at the truck and I said, sir, sir, where, where are you going? Can we speak? He said, sir, just read it. And I dumped it. Because if you cannot spend at least a minute with me, amen, to explain your faith, why do I have to read it on a paper? And so they are trying their best to recruit as much as possible. So that's why I said, since we got to be careful what we believe, and does the Bible support what we believe? Amen? This is what John shared in 1 John 2.18. He said, little children, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. He said, little children, it is the last time. Amen? We are in the last days. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is what? Twice they said that we are living in, if John said they were living in the last days almost 2,000 years ago, what about now? We are really in the last of the last days. And he said back then Antichrist was out, even what about now? Many people, Antichrist doesn't mean against Christ all the time. It means instead of Christ. That's one of the definitions we miss. Every time we use the word Antichrist, we think it's against Christ. No. And a definition is instead of Christ. So they're trying to replace. They're still using the name Jesus, still using, but, but the meaning that's poured into that is so different. And so that is why you and I, we have to be so careful. Amen. So very careful. Some of these religions, as I said, may look like Christianity. They talk about the resurrection. They talk about Jesus on the cross. But they pour a different meaning into these words. And I submit to you, that's the reason. Hear me carefully. That's the reason why there is so much division in the church and in the world. Because they are espousing apostate Christianity. And those of us who have the real deal, Holyfield, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but the real McCoy, if I can say that, amen, we are, we are quiet. Amen. I, I seem to be corrected quickly about Holyfield. <laughs> we are quiet and the devil seems to be out there trying to recruit as many people as he can. So Paul said, knowing not that Christ is where? Where is Christ? Oh, what a blessing. Christ is in you. I think it's Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, Christ in you, the hope of? Oh, I love that. You, 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 do, do you feel that open-ended statement? Christ in you, the hope of? Anything. is possible. The hope of any glory. Woo. The hope of anything that can give glory to God. Christ in you. You can be healed and God can be given glory. Christ in you. You can be raised from the dead and God be given glory. The hope of glory. Man, I, love, I, can, no, I can preach on that. Amen. Christ in you can provide for you and give God the glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not only is Christ in us, but the Bible says we are in Christ. <laughs> Ooh, what a blessing. Amen. Christ in us, we are in Christ. I think it's, I said John 14, chapter 6 says, In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Christ in us, we are in Christ. All these phrases are just, these phrases are used to communicate the inextricable union. Woo, we have, we share with Jesus. We share something that is so neatly put together that cannot be broken. The Bible said a threefold cord. Just, it's just used to express how close we are with Jesus Christ. Christ in you, we're in Christ. Can somebody say, I carry God? Yeah, yes, yes. Tell yourself that I carry God. Amen. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, in order to identify the spirit of the Antichrist, a false religion, John shared this with us because we are still talking about be your false religion. In order to identify false religion, and I want you to I want you to keep this in mind. I'm about to bring it to a close in the next 10 minutes, but I need to share this with you. First John chapter 4. Can you go to verse 1 to 3? First John chapter 4. In order to identify the spirit of the Antichrist or false religion, we must keep these verses in mind. You got it? First John chapter 4 verse 1 to 3 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets, religious imposters, are gone out into where? The world. He continues in verse 2. Hereby, in other words, this is how you test. Uh-huh. He said, try the spirit. And then verse, he said, in verse 2, hereby you know the spirit of God. Every spirit, this is how you test the spirit. And no, watch me carefully, please. When the Bible says spirit, he's referring to the spirit of a human being. Are you with me, saints? He's not talking about a demon necessarily. The spirit of a human being. God is a spirit, John 4, 24. And those who worship him must worship in what? In spirit and in truth. So we all have spirits. The Bible says all souls are minds. So he's referring to the spirit of a human being. So this he said here, verse 2, Hereby you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is of whom? God. Every human being, every religious sect, every religious sect, every religious organization, that confess, confess means to agree with, to acknowledge, and then verbalize. Uh, <laughs> it, every religion who agrees with, acknowledges, and verbalizes that Jesus came in the flesh is of God. Uh, that's how you try them. Amen. He continues here, and every spirit of the human being that agrees not does not acknowledge that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And that is the spirit of what? Antichrist, false religion, apostate Christianity. It's been around for a long time and is still around now. Wherefore you have heard that it should come and even now already it's in the world. 2,000 years ago, John said, apostate Christianity is on the move. False religion is advancing. 2,000 years ago, how much more now? How much more now is the devil advancing his cause and Christians are asleep? We should be about our father's business. More so even now. Oh, God, I give you praise. You know, I don't want to say, but let, 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 let me move on here. I don't want to keep you, I want to keep you long tonight. So, so to arrive at the legitimacy and the authenticity, listen to me, of a religious doctrine, we have to measure it against final authority. Final authority, I left, I left my final authority, the constitution of the kingdom, <laughs> left it in my office. You got yours, you got your constitution beneath the desk, beneath the, beneath the chair right here. Praise the Lord. 
Final authority. Final authority. So to arrive at, to arrive at the legitimacy and the authenticity, the authenticity of a, of any religious organization, we have to what? What do we have to do? Measure it against final authority, against what the Bible says. This is final authority. The word of God. Not the Pope. Not any president. Final authority. Amen. So, here are some questions to help evaluate any organization. As to how authentic they are. What message do they convey about Jesus? And this is what I mean. Do they think that Jesus is God's one and only son? If they don't, they are apostate Christianity. Do they believe that Jesus descended from heaven? Mm -hmm. Do they believe in the virgin birth where Jesus took on human form? These are the questions you use to authenticate any religious organization. Do they believe he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins? Mm -hmm. Do they believe he rose from the dead? Do they believe he will return to set up his millennial kingdom on earth? And the answer is yes, I believe. <laughs> Another question is, is there heaven and what must I do to go to heaven when I die? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is anything other than Romans 10, 9 and 10, then this religious organization is a counterfeit it is false religion. And you ask what Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10 says. It's right here. It says that if thou shalt confess, if you agree and acknowledge <laughs> with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall what? Believe in your heart that God hath done what? Raised him from the dead. You shall be what? Saved. Verse 10, let's read verse 10. Verse 10 is the conclusion. For with the heart, human beings believe unto what? Righteousness. Righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made. Confession, agreement, acknowledgement is made. How do I know? You believe and you agree. You got to say what's in your heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if these religions, if the answer as to is there heaven and how do I get there? If the answer is anything other than Romans 10, 9 and 10, this is apostate Christianity. If they cannot say Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. If they cannot say yes, apostate Christianity. If they cannot say Romans chapter 1 verse 17, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto what? Salvation. If they cannot say that, they are apostate Christianity. Oh, since on this, in these last days, we need to, we need to sharpen. We need to get sharp with the word. Amen. Oh, glory be to Jesus. <laughs> Beware of false religion. You got to be very aware of it. Amen. You know, I, I was reading a commentary by Dr. Jeffers and, um, on the book of Revelation, and he said this. He said, We need to be very careful of a certain counterfeit religion. That doesn't necessarily rob people of heaven, but it robs Christians of the power that comes from living an abundant life. You know there is a Christianity that doesn't prevent people from going to heaven. But it robs them of the power of living an abundant life. And it's found in 2 Timothy verse, chapter 3 verse 5. Let's read it quickly. Before we dismiss tonight, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 5. This is what we need to be very careful of. It says, having a form of godliness, but what? <laughs> oh God, I give the praise. Just a form of godliness. But they deny the power of God. Oh, oh God can't heal 
Oh, God stopped healing 2,000 years ago after the apostles died. Oh, oh yeah, you may make it to heaven, but it'll rob you from living the power that's in the abundant life. Are you with me, saints? We have power to lay hands on the sick, and that's the problem. It is heartbreaking, but I have to say the truth. The majority of Christians believe that. The majority of Christians, uh, we, we have a form and uh, we deny the power. For some reason, now you, you lay hands in the church and, and you can feel eyes are looking. I'm not sure. <laughs> will, it, will that person get healed? You can feel it. So much doubt and unbelief. That's why Jesus couldn't do much in Capernaum. He had to leave. Because there was so much doubt and unbelief. I thought in the house of God, when you lay hands, everybody's saying, yes, yes. I thought everybody's happy. Somebody's going to be healed. People stand and they fold their arms. Let me see. I'm not sure. One eye close, one eye open. In the house of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We have, we have power to lay hands on the sick, to make blind the blind see the deaf hear the dumb speak but we do not have power listen to me what we don't have power to do we don't have power to control ourselves no power for self-discipline no power listen carefully to put aside our political differences <laughs> no power to entertain thoughts that will bring division in the body of Christ. And here is the one I think you might agree with me with. No power to overcome racism. In the body of no power. We have power to shout and jump. But no power to put aside our differences. And since that's why we need to ask ourselves, the sub, am I really a Christian? Is my identity in Christ? Mm -hmm. Am I a Christian first? And then I have to put away, if I'm a Christian first, I need to shelve. Amen. I need to shelve some things. Because my identity is in Jesus Christ. And that is why we have so many problems in the church. Our identity is not in Christ. Jesus is not first. Everything else is first. And since we have to be, we have to be very careful. Our identity should be in Jesus Christ. Many of us are defined by culture. What else? I know I got a, I know I got a witness out there. Many of us are defined by what else? Money. Status in the community. Amen. The who's who's. The haves and the have nots. I put it to you. The haves in the millennial reign. The haves are going to be the janitors. The Bible says the first shall be last. And the last shall be first. I, I, you, you hear me? And you remember what I said? This Wednesday, October 20th. 2021 in the millennial reign when jesus comes from heaven and reign those in this world who are the haves they'll be the have-nots they'll be the sweepers and the janitors oh glory be to jesus uh, because the bible says the first shall be last the first now doesn't care about jesus these people out there don't care about God, but they have a rude awakening coming. Jesus will take over and reign. Oh, you don't sound that excited as I am, but I know it will. You hide and watch, he's coming, and he's going to take over and reign. And the Bible says when he reign, any insurrection will be, will be pulverized. Because when he reigns, there's going to be peace and order. There'll be no Democrats. There'll be no Republicans. There'll be no independents. But children of God. Okay. Don't shout about it. I'm excited about it. Because finally, justice shall reign from the mountaintops to the valleys. Finally, justice will reign. <laughs> oh, we have to leave 
with a heavenly perspective. I mean, can I breathe? <laughs> we got to live with a heavenly perspective. Always remember to live with a heavenly perspective. It'll do you well. Keep you serving God. Doing the right thing. And when you do, it's because your identity is in Jesus Christ. Who you are is in Christ. Man, I cannot wait for the day when the body of Christ comes together and realize what matters first is who we are in Christ. When that happens, false religion won't have a chance. Because we will judge everything, every idea, by this book right here. Amen? Oh God, we give you praise. We give you glory. Let me leave this last verse with you. I don't have time to develop that verse. But I need to give you this verse. And peradventure, the next time we meet, I'll develop it. But I need to give you two scripture verses. Good news. Romans chapter 8, verse 8 and 10. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. <laughs> they that are in the flesh cannot please God. To be in the flesh, and I let me explain a little bit because of time. To be in the flesh is to be sensitive only to what you can see, taste, smell, feel, just ruled by, ruled by your five senses. If you're ruled by your five senses, you are in the flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the Bible says, if you are ruled by your five senses, you cannot do what? It's right here. You cannot do what? Please God. Because John chapter 4 verse 24 says, God is a spirit. God is not into the five senses necessarily. Oh yes, he's aware of it. But he's a spirit. Oh, verse 9 is our verse. Verse 9 says, But you, can you say me? Us. Are not in the what? God doesn't see us after the flesh sins. But in the spirit. Boy, that's good news. Uh, here it comes. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells where? Anybody has the spirit of God dwelling in them? Yes, hallelujah. Those of you who are looking, you are saved. You are in the spirit because the spirit of God dwells in you. Ah, glory be to Jesus. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is what? None of his. The Bible did say, the Bible did say when you and I got saved, we got the spirit of Christ. Paul called it the spirit of the son of God. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. I said that too fast. Galatians 2.20. <laughs> Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ, that what? Liveth in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God, who what? Loved me. The life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The spirit I have, the new spirit I got is the spirit of the Son of God. It has the faith of the son of god oh bless god and the bible says because of that i am in the spirit god sees me in the spirit uh, i need you i i can i don't have time to develop it as i need to but i need you to go home just meditate on that scripture verse god sees you in the spirit amen that is let me say that let me let me use this phrase i used last week the implications of that is enormous because the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, we are spirit, soul, and body. 
so God sees you in the spirit in the spirit now in the spirit what are the, what is the fruit of the spirit love God always have love flow into you can you go to Galatians chapter verse 22 let's look at what's always in you always in you it doesn't matter what you see in the flesh that's not you let me let me show you what's always in you but the fruit of the spirit is love God is always loving you you are a loving person in the spirit what, what, what else do we have in the spirit joy bless the Lord joy somebody look at themselves and say joy me I'm not sure about joy <laughs> because you're looking at the flesh tell, tell your neighbor come up come up come up to the spirit that's where the action is in the spirit Oh, glory be to Jesus. 2 Peter 5, 18 says, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Well, the Son of God is in you. You got to grow in grace of what's in you and knowledge of what's in you. And I'm telling you what's in you. In you there is love. In you there is joy. In you there is peace. In you there is long-suffering. Oh, you can suffer long and give the devil a run for his money. In you there is what? Gentleness. In you there is goodness. Look who has faith. You and I. <laughs> what else? There's a few more. In you there is meekness. There is temperance. Against such there is no law. And that's good news. Forgot to tell me that I'm in the spirit. Now, when God tells you you're in the spirit, he's referring to a fixed position, a lifestyle. You may be saying, well, you look at me and you say, I got so much issues, issues going around me. That's in the natural. But in the spirit, that's why I said you got to come up, up, up. And get to where the action is. The action is in the parent world. The parent, the parent force of this world. The parent force of this world is the spirit realm. Hebrews 11, 3 tell us through faith. What happens through faith? No, no. Through faith, we know that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which we see were not made from things that does not exist oh God I give you praise they exist in a different realm that's why I said you need to come up come up <laughs> oh God I give you praise I give you praise well let me end tonight I, I know I don't have time to develop it anyhow Father, we thank you for your word. We give you glory. We give you honor. I'm in the spirit. We're, we're in the spirit. It's exciting. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We're in the spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for telling us and reminding us where we are glory be to Jesus hallelujah hallelujah glory be to God can you go to Ephesians chapter 1 just verse 20 to 23 quick as I'm praying hallelujah sitting in heavenly places hallelujah oh we thank you verse 20 to 23 hallelujah oh let me just pray this out hallelujah hallelujah and are set at his own right hand in where heavenly places verse 21 far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion <laughs> eh, and every name that is named God we give you praise can you say come up come up come up hallelujah oh God we give you all the praise we give you all the glory we give you all the honor. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. I'm in the spirit. 
I reign and rule. Hallelujah. High above all principalities and, and powers. God, we thank you, Jesus. Hey, glory be to God. Glory, glory, glory. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Anybody love the word of God? Man, I love the word. I love the word. I love the word. Thank you, Lord. We thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I pray your word went forth. It will not return void. But it will accomplish that which you please and will prosper in the hearts of everyone it went to tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're looking tonight and you're not saved, tonight is a good night to move from darkness to the kingdom of light. Pray this prayer with me and say, Heavenly Father, I recognize that I am a sinner. You sent Jesus to take away my sins. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The punishment of my sins were placed upon him. But today, I'm healed. And so I, tonight, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Say this, say this, say Jesus, I make you my Lord, now and forever. Amen, amen, and amen. If you pray this prayer, send us a note at iugmtali at gmail.com iugmtali at gmail.com we'll pray for you and send you some material amen please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does but what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you, I need you, I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast, near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. And the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.